following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, let's do again. It's time for Christmas trivia. And I think I'm ready. You never know until the questions get asked. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you a few music questions. Okay. But, but I want to know just now, at, at your home, is it beginning to look a lot like Christmas? It is. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So does that mean you burst out into song? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, I don't, but my <laughs> first, <laughs> rest of my family does. Well, your wife, you know, and you've got kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in the song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. What can mom and dad hardly wait for? <laughs> for the kids to go back to school. <laughs> that's it. That's it. The school to start again. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed that you know that. Well, who bears gifts and traverse afar? Most people, you know, I, I would look at that and think, traverse? Mm-hmm. What is traverse? I guess that would be me uh, traveling. But yeah, who traversing. bears gifts and traverse afar? I, yeah, I used to think that that said and traveled so far, but it's oh. Travers afar, <laughs> and it would be the the maybe inappropriately named uh, three kings, but because we don't know how many kings, but right. But they think there are three kings because of why there were three gifts given. That's right, three Mention, gifts, anyway. and therefore. That doesn't assume that it has to be three kings. But you have corrected us all theologically. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and what does the T stand for in the song C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S? Uh, tinsel. And if it's oh, not no. that, because actually we just have been, well, we almost talked about three, not kings, but three. Wise men. That's right. Mm-hmm. The three wise men. Now. We're going to do a song, and I love the second verse. The song is, O Little Town of Bethlehem. But in this song, um, O Holy Child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Listen to this. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. So it's not just Jesus being born on earth. The main point, truly, is that he be born in us. And the scripture even says, it was Jesus who said, you must be born again. So I think at times it's so helpful for us to focus on certain words that are very endearing.
It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our Keys for Living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their lives. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get to our caller in just a moment. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And they'd like to hear from you and help guide you to God's hope through our resources. And then they would help you to get some of those resources into your hands. I want to recommend to you, uh, you just heard music from our Christmas CD. And you can find that at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Uh, just look for the music CDs there. And uh, that one is called The Hope of Christmas. That and many other Christmas tunes, familiar tunes, and uh, uh, those are available at the uh, website there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Hope you'll go check that out. Well, uh, customer support would like to help you. Again, their number is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a situation in your life and uh, do, do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, just give us a call at 800-917. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'd like to get back to you and discuss your uh, possibly being on an upcoming Hope in the Night, just seeing what questions you might have and how we can help you the best. And and, uh, we'd like to have that conversation and then uh, schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. Again, that number, 800-917-800-644-4817. We look forward to hearing from you. Let's get to our caller for tonight. And uh, this evening, we welcome Sandra. Well, hello, Sandra. Welcome to Hope. Nice to talk to you. Well, it's wonderful to talk with you. How can we help you? Well, um, I, I I planned on talking about, um, first, um, I lost my father, mother, and husband all in the span of three and a half, four years. Oh, what and, a loss. Yeah, my husband, my father, and my mother in three and a half years, it's been... Um, I'm I'm dealing with that. I have support. I am in therapy and on medication, uh-huh. and I have friends and I have a church. Um, that that is um, getting better. I, I I wasn't after he he died. Mm-hmm. I was so depressed. Um, I wasn't showering. I wasn't eating right. I mm. I, I um. Are you talking wanted, about your husband after your husband yeah, died? Oh. After my husband died, yeah. that was like the breaker. Mm, mm. Um, and um, I, uh, 
um, I have um, 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 attempted suicide in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a, a fatal attempt. I'm not, 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 um, um, a futile, like, uh, yeah, yeah it didn't, you didn't work yeah. successful or you wouldn't be talking with me right now. Yeah, I understand. and it wasn't gung-ho to do it because I was scared. Okay. But it was a cry for help. Yes. Anyway, so I got to that point again after my husband died, and his best friend of 40 years kept calling me and inviting me over. Mm. And I went over his house, and I told him I feel like ODing. This was like two years ago, mm. and I'm in therapy, and I didn't even tell my therapist because they'll stick you in the hospital. So I, it was a secret, and I told my husband's best friend, mm-hmm. and he walked me through it and told me, don't do anything stupid, you know, I care and all this. And then things started with him. We started messing around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I am a Christian. I, I've been saved since 1979. Mm-hmm. I'm 59 now. So I was saved when I was 19. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and all that and was reading the Bible. But through the years with what life has thrown at me, I feel like I need to be saved again because mm-hmm. um, right now I'm angry and bitter. When my husband died, I was like, I want nothing to do with God, and I was like so angry. And I'm trying to get the love back in my life. And um, I live in a co-op with six buildings, right? Okay. And um, one of the buildings has a halfway house for men, the mentally ill. And it just so happens they're on the the grounds. They're on one of the buildings they rented here. But Uh it's for middle-class working people. I mean, it's not a Mm -hmm. halfway. The whole thing's not a halfway house. Anyway, so I'd sit. I still smoke cigarettes, and I'd sit outside my front door. It's an apartment. And I'd smoke, and they'd come by asking me for cigarettes and money and rides and everything. And this was after my husband died, and I felt, like, so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I felt like such a victim, such a doormat, such a... I couldn't say no because I was kind of scared. Like, they'd act out on you if you were rude. You know, they could mm-hmm. be violent. And so I was, like, giving them a couple of cigarettes and stuff and a couple of dollars here and there, and um, and I was battling with my boundaries on how to be assertive and and not so scared um, of living alone and not having my husband to say protect me, you mm-hmm. know. And um, well, that's just a basic yeah. scenario. So, what you're saying is, at times. You'd be outside, and you'd be smoking a cigarette, but then when people would come by, even though you didn't feel that you really should give money or cigarettes or whatever they would ask, you didn't have boundaries, and you would give in because you had fear. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And And also, I, I have a heart for them because... I suffered from depression in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I was in a psychiatric hospital a few times for depression, mm-hmm. very depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I have a heart for them. I mean, when I was in the hospital, you know, everybody got along, and it was, you know, camaraderie and stuff and like that. And I had a heart. I felt like I had to give back to society, you know. Mm-hmm. And and in a way, um, part of me was saying, they don't give a damn about you. Mm-hmm. They don't give a damn about me. Mm-hmm. And they're just using me now for what they can get. And then the other side of me said, well, remember, you know, how sweet they were to you when you were in the hospital, not these particular people, Mm -hmm. but patients. And um, I was battling with what do I do? And all my neighbors who are so-class, working-class people say, stay away from them, mind your business, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. torn. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, this is an excellent question because many people do feel stuck. They don't know what to do. They would like to know what's really right, but they're afraid if they choose wrong, then they'll be they'll they'll feel guilty and worse. And yet, um, there will be people who would say, "Well, but." You can't give to every single person who has things from you. So what is right for you as an individual? What is right in God's sight? And I think that needs to be the decision maker for you. Um, Because I can promise you, by the way, I do know what it's like to... um, give when I don't feel led by God to do so, I just didn't know how to say no. Mm. And at times I wanted to say no, but I didn't know how. Mm. And I remember th- that was in my uh, late teens. I was. I remember being in college and um, one time a, g- a guy came up and he said I if I could just have one more subscription for a magazine that I would sell, it would make all the difference in the world, and then I would get this. And it, was like, it was like get a car and get all this that I desperately need. And so I felt I was responsible for this guy having transportation. But, you know, but then later I realized... <laughs> Um, I have an idea that was a line that he used with a whole lot of yeah. people because I would learn. I, you That's began what I mean. What makes me angry is I don't know if they're pulling my leg or, or if they're, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, using me. But I do talk about Jesus to them. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so- I'm like, I can't. We can't save souls, can we? Only the Holy Spirit, God, can. Right. So I'm, like, waiting for them to say they'll go to church and all this, and it's not happening, and I'm like, you know, just let it go. Put it in God's hands, you know. Well, I think it might be helpful for me to to give you this help. Um, in fact, I, I ended up writing something that I think you would enjoy uh, reading, But I'll just tell you the background of it. It was really me. Uh, I didn't know how to say no, and I would be manipulated. Right. Over and over. And um, manipulation, uh, I didn't find anything I could read on it. 
but at the time, this is years ago, and yet I knew this was a problem. And I knew my mom uh, also had the same problem. And so at times I, I learned to protect her. But I tell you, it's hard when you have a pattern of just giving in all the time. And it depends on what kind of background you had. But for me, we were not allowed to say no to our father. And I'm not talking about anything like, sexual abuse or anything like that. I'm talking about just whatever it was. We had no choice. So you grow up and you have no ability to say no. Uh, he was double my mom's age. Everything was dictatorship. And so my pattern was then as an, a young adult and later, even, even later at times, I have still had a struggle and I would have to think what you know what what do I do now <laughs> you know and so that's what I'm going to share with you if you do you like the idea of me sharing how to say no to manipulation or how to yes. stop being manipulated without, without being scared like they're going to act out on me they yeah. know where I live you know and all this stuff uh -huh. yeah. yeah well I think that will be valuable to, uh, and I would love to, in fact, I'll even send you our material on manipulation. J just think about, have you ever seen, a, it's called a marionette, where there's this doll, and it's it got, string. yep, a bunch of, yep, all these strings. You pull one string, it lifts an arm. You pull the other string, it lifts a leg, and you know, all these things. And at times, in fact, that's kind of the cover of... Um, Oh, one of the things we have on manipulation it's a marionette and we've got to learn to cut the strings of control meaning sometimes there's a controlling person in our lives and what do we do about that it's not just somebody who walks uh, in front of us asking for something but um I think it'd be helpful. By the way, do you have somebody like that in your life who either has been a controller of you or is a controller? Uh, my mother controlled me. Okay. So you understand what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's not the way God wants us to live because the one who is to control us is actually Jesus Christ through His Spirit. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. 
Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. You are listening to Hope in the Night, a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry, and we thank you for that. If you have any questions or concerns about uh, the topics that we raise here on the program, give us a call. Our customer support team would be happy to talk with you anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Their number is 800-488-HOPE. And they'll help you access the right resources. Maybe they can provide a free resource for you there on our website at hopefortheheart.org. And uh, maybe they would uh, be able to send you some resources as well. Just order from them through uh, through customer support. Their number, again, 800 800- 488-4673. And you may also email them if you have any questions about resources here at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Ask any questions you have. Uh, maybe we mentioned a resource here on the program that you uh, didn't quite get the title for or just have uh, questions about. We'd like to help you with that. So again, their email address, customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Do you have a question for June? Uh, you can uh, ask your question a couple of ways. We'd like to talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That number is 800-917, and we can talk to you about that. And also, if you have a question that you'd like to just email June and hear her question on the program, the way to do that is send an email to askjune at hopefortheheart.org. And if we pick your question to use on the air, we'll send you some resources as well. That's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Now back to our conversation with Sandra. Well, my friend, as I've heard you, I, I feel like I can identify with some of the things that you've experienced. Um, not the exact circumstances, but the feelings. Um, you know, you you talked about um, manipulation and feeling that someone is controlling. Your, yeah, I feel like I'm growing up, I was manipulated my whole life because... Mm. I'm like meek, right? I'm meek, and mm-hmm. I want to please people because I want to be liked, and I want to please people. I like people, mm-hmm. and I sort of conform to what they need or what they say to a point. It's not totally wrong, but um, uh, so 
in a way, I'm, I'm sort of like trying to please these people in order to be liked. Mm-hmm. But that's what the insight I got out of that. Mm. Tell me something. Do you believe that with everything you know about Jesus, do you think that he would uh, just do things, whatever it would be, to, just to please people? No, he wouldn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know. I was. I was very. Um, I'd go into a shell sometimes growing up because I was so shy in the mm-hmm. fact that my mother told me never to talk back. You know, never to talk back. Like not even speak up for my rights. I was always mm-hmm. buckled under everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I understand. Um, it, it's very challenging then when you try to figure out, well, what is right for me once you become an adult? See, the Bible says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But now that I'm an adult, I put childish ways behind me. It, I don't think you had a choice. Uh, well, at least, you know, if you were going to be obedient to your mother who said you should never um, speak up, uh, you shouldn't, you know, it's, it sounded like you felt very suppressed. Oh, yeah, I was I was very um, introverted. Um, and then it would come out sometimes, like, I was, like, you could sort of say um, maybe kind of schizophrenic where I was with strangers. I was quiet. I was at home. I was, I was, um, or with friends, you know, I'd be kind of like funny comedian and it would only come out at certain times the way I felt around circumstances. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be the same all the time. Well, honey, I'm going to say that's, this is good news for you. You're not being schizophrenic. It's just people have different effects on us. Right. And I noticed that, too. I would be a certain way around this group uh, and different with that group. It's sometimes so if we're not allowed to be who we really are, if that's not acceptable, especially to parents or a particular parent, um, it does impact us. And we are different. But that that's not about you. It's it's about being stifled. And right, I was stifled. Mm-hmm. So and I, being I, alone now since my husband died, I'm I'm battling with who is the real me. How am I going to be happy and be happy mm-hmm. and make myself happy and, and be the real me mm-hmm. without offending people or stepping on toes or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what what is the real me, and I. I know the spirit in me, when I read the Bible, that's when I feel most comfortable. That's, you know, mm-hmm. God understands mm-hmm. us more than anybody else can. Yes. And and you just can't be that way in, because people see vulnerability, because I could be very vulnerable, 
and like even strangers would come up to me if I looked, you know, open for something. I mean, at a store or at mm -hmm. a at a gas station or, you know, just walking by or giving somebody a, a smile. It's like automatic invitation. I don't know how to shut off my uh, vulnerability. Okay, so it's like if you were friendly, if you expressed um, a smile and and looked uh, very pleasant, you felt that that was the invitation for somebody to take advantage of you, right. to ask something of you. Right. Okay, so I think what we want to do is correct some thinking, and I'm going to tell you what was most helpful for me. I'm going to start out to tell you what helped me the very, very most to stop being manipulated. It was actually a scripture, mm -hmm. and it says, this is Galatians 1.10. Galatians is the first chapter, verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of people or of God? Or right. am I trying, trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be the servant of Christ. Right, but then when I, when I, it's like, I battle with reality, right? Everybody's got a different reality, and I like to get spiritual and, and think about scriptures in my head, and then everybody says, oh, you're, you're a, 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 a flake, you're, you're out of touch with reality, and I, uh, and then reality is people, and people condemn and people criticize, hmm. and I just can't win. Well, sweetheart, there are some people who are not healthy to be around. Yeah. Some people, in fact, we're even told bad company corrupts good character. I'm going to yeah. repeat that. Bad company corrupts good character. So you are going to have people who are going to criticize you. You're going to have people who will, and I have people who uh, sometimes I don't even know them. They'll send letters. <laughs> um, years ago, I remember there was a picture uh, when we had a brand new ministry and uh, uh, there was a teddy bear. Uh, I was next to a, a big teddy bear and somebody had put this in a uh, little ministry magazine we had. And I was just sitting on the stairway, stairwell next to this teddy bear. And, it, and so somebody writes in, you're just an idol worshiper and all this stuff. Wow. And I think, idol worshiper, you know. Wow. And, I, and then wow. somebody wrote in about the same and, and drew all this long, long hair on me I did that I didn't have. Wow. Because I have kind of... More, I, I have this curly blonde hair, but it, I felt it was kinky, and so I never liked to have long hair because it, it was frizzy. And so, uh, and so they they said, "You are not doing what the Bible tells you to do. You should have long hair." I mean, you know, I, and I, I was so surprised. All these things that people would criticize, and I think you know, there, there's a point where I finally had to realize if I continue to take all that personally, then mm. I'm obsessing over what people think mm. as opposed to what God thinks. Yeah. 
And this, I, went, I went through that too. Mm -hmm. I know. So this is what I want you to know. I'm going to send you something called seeing yourself through God's eyes. Because, yes. you see, I don't want you to see yourself through your mother's eyes. I don't want you to who who is hypercritical of you, manipulative. I don't want you to, to see yourself through other people's eyes. If you can first see yourself through God's eyes, that is going to help wonderfully. And then when you think at times about you're, you're feeling some pressure, from somebody, like we were talking a little bit earlier about manipulation. In manipulation, I call it the art of controlling people or circumstances by indirect, unfair, or deceptive means, to especially... Get them needs met, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to send this to you. You don't have to write any of this down, but I want you to know it's like... It, it's an art because the people who are manipulative do it over and over and over, and they excel at it. So they learn to control people by yeah to get what they want. Yeah, it's it's really to their own advantage, mm -hmm. and therefore manipulation happens to those of us who allow others to have excessive control over us. Right. The control that actually God alone should have. Right. You see, the Bible is clear about not giving others too much control, too much power, too much authority over us. We must not allow another person to take the place that only God should have. Right. Instead, we need to apply the first of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. My point is, at times, we can let another person literally be, well, I'm going to say it this way. You don't think, oh, so-and-so is my God, but we let them have the control oh, that I, I God. Oh, I my husband my God. Oh, wow. Well, this is now a new day for you from this standpoint. God is going to mature you. Because see, I hear you don't want to be controlled by just anybody. I think I'm hearing, am I hearing that you would like to be first and foremost controlled by God? Yes. Okay. Okay. Then we're going to talk about what that would look like. And I want you to... Um, when we come back from this break, I want you to mention anything that's really big that has concern, where you're really deeply concerned. And, and let's talk about what you need to do. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our Keys for Living into the Russian language. 
The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you to address whatever's happening in your life. And we'd like to help you with some resources there. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help you access the resources you need. Their number again is 800-488-HOPE. And I would recommend to you our keys for living called Manipulation, Cutting the Strings That Control. We also have keys for living on the topic of guilt, and that's called Living Guilt-Free. Those and many other resources are available by calling customer support. Again, their number 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Also, you'll find resources at the website, hopefortheheart.org slash store. You'll find our new updated Keys for Living with more titles being added monthly, updated from our our, uh, biblical counseling keys. And we have uh, topics such as uh, anxiety, fear, abuse, marriage, parenting, so many more. Also, the uh, Lifeline to Hope online training is information is there, and uh, June's many biblical resources. You'll find it all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's get back to tonight's conversation now with Sandra. Sandra, I'm going to be sending you also our material on manipulation. We call it that, remember that marionette cutting the strings of control, where people aren't the ones who control you, but you more and more allow the Lord to literally guide you in the way you should go and let Him have true control of you. So I was asking, is there any scenario that you want to mention 
that we need to uh, specifically address. One thing we will talk about is when people uh, come up to you and ask you for things. Uh, that That's going to be one thing. But before we do that, is there anything you would like for us to address? Okay. Um, I, I was told in therapy that depression is anger turned inward. It can be. Not always, it, but it, it can be that, yes. Okay. And um, I am coming out of a very guilty and angry uh, time after my husband and my father mother passed. I did love my mother anyway. I loved them on top of it. No matter mm-hmm. what they did to me, I took it, and I just loved them. But um, when my husband died, um, I said, you know, I was just a ball of rage at God, and I didn't go to church. And um, my husband had a stent, and I kept telling him to get a checkup, and he mm-hmm. wouldn't get a checkup. Mm. He did once for me, and he came home and yelled at me and said, you very, you're happy now, you know, and I was, like, upset about that. But I tell him, you got to go for a checkup with a stent because it was 15 years old. Mm. And um, they don't last a lifetime, I don't believe. And anyway, so he just get off my back, you're nagging me, do I have to find someone else? He'd say kiddingly. He wouldn't really mean it, mm-hmm. but I'd believe him. And his best friend said he'd never leave you. And I was like, well, I believe him. And um, we didn't argue, but, you know, he'd just say things like that mm. when I'd get on his case. So I gave up. And then about a year later, he had a fatal heart attack and died. And I, I beat myself up terribly with guilt because, you know, I... Could have kept nagging him. Mm. Well, <laughs> you saw what that did, though. See, you you were being protective of him. Mm-hmm. You were trying to do everything you could to make sure that he had done all he could do for his health, to do as much as he could following, obviously, a heart condition for him to have a a stent. It's typically a stent in the heart. Is that correct? Okay. So your motive was 100% right. Now, have you ever heard the expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them what? Drink it. Drink. Yeah. So, see, people have choice. Just like with all of us, all of us at different times have chosen wrong as well as right. But the thing is, God gives us the ability to make choice. That means we're not robots. And your husband, unfortunately, he belittled you. He um, actually... Um, was very negative toward you instead of saying, honey, I appreciate what you're trying to do. I know you're doing what's in my best interest. Um, apparently he went to this uh, checkout, checkup and, uh, you know, there was not anything that appeared to be dangerous, um, defective. But, but the point is, you're right. 
when a doctor tells you that it's possible that you know something can become defective or may not last at but x number of years you were being uh, protective and you did what's right now you said a year later he died of that of a heart attack is that correct mm-hmm. okay this has nothing to do with you being guilty what would have been guilt producing would be if you had never ever mentioned it even though you knew that it could be dangerous for him and but honey you did what was right and so i want to say that there there are three things there is um true guilt and when we really are guilty we've been we've chosen wrong and that's true with all of us. We've all chosen wrong at different times. That's why the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's true guilt, and then there's false guilt, where we're blaming ourselves even though we're not guilty. That's and, what I have. Yeah, I can tell that. There's a third category, and that is no guilt. And no guilt is when you should feel guilty, but you can have a hardened heart. A heart You can be hardened and not be sensitive to the Spirit of God leading to, to, for you to be convicted of, of what, what you've done wrong. But that's not you. Instead, you have what is called false guilt. And there are many people who have false guilt. Sometimes they're just told that they, it's, it's, you know, so-and-so is your fault. So-and-so is your fault. And they can go around feeling guilty frequently when, and it's because of everything was somebody else, you know, it could be like, I don't know if your mother was this way, because you did say she was the manipulator in your life. She was controlling. I couldn't do anything right for her. I couldn't clean the house right. I couldn't dress right. I didn't have the right friends. Mm. I didn't do anything up to her standards. Mm. Well, so honey, I'm going to make a possible connecting of the dots. It could be that you'd be prone to false guilt because false guilt arises when someone blames you because you're not living up to their expectations. And it's just, but you it, you haven't done anything wrong, but it could be because you continue to hear criticism again and well, again. if you want to hear something really crazy, when I was nine years old, my mother was on my case, and you know the the step on a crack, break your mother's back? Yes. Well, I went to school and I said to God, I hope she falls and breaks her back, and she did. And she said, you wish this on me. And she goes, you're evil. And and, um, I never got over that. And she never got over that either. Because it's like, I didn't do it. No. You know, it's like, I think God does punish when people get out of line, a chastisement. But, um, you know, it was like I was relieved that that God heard my prayer, but it was horrible. She fell, she fell and broke her vertebrae. She didn't die, but 
but it was horrible, and I, I was devastated, but she goes, you wish this on me. You're evil. And we kind of had that animosity growing up my whole life. Well, sweetheart, let me just say, a, a healthy mother, a healthy mother, not your mother, but a healthy mother is an encourager, is a nurturer, is one who gives unconditional love. And even when a child chooses wrong, and every child does, they help set them on a correction course. But to be this excessively critical, to have a critical spirit, your mother was not healthy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, my sister said she was bipolar. My sister became a therapist, mm. and my sister said my mother needed medication. She was bipolar. Mm -hmm. Well, the point is, this negativity about you is not true. And so, let's consider what God says. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Yeah. And when Growing up, I thought God was standing there with a hammer ready to bang me into place. You know, sweetie, you did say that you wondered if you really needed true salvation. You phrased it a little bit of a different way, but... Do you really think that that's the case, that you want a true relationship with God through Christ? He's not... I do, but it makes enemies out of people. No, no. No. The, the good news is this. When you become a true, authentic Christian... You know, I have an idea that we need to talk again, because I, there are several things I want to talk with you about. I, I, I want to talk with you about what it really means to be a true, true believer in Christ where you give your life to Him and ultimately, he, at the same time, then He gives His life to you. It, the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But it doesn't... Now, there, were, there are going to be people always who are going to be opposing me, you, other people around us. We're not in heaven yet. So, but, but becoming a Christian doesn't make people your enemy unless they are already enemies of God. Because... That's what I mean. I'm around so many non-believers that it's nonsense to them. Okay. Well, God is not a, a being with a hammer waiting to hit you. And yet that is taught. There are many, many people who really believe that. I've talked with many people who think he's just waiting to catch you doing something wrong. No, that was your mother, honey. And God is not like, he's not a parent like your mother. Instead, he is a father who knows how to give you what is right in your sight. You hang on to God's hope. 
We will send our Keys for Living called Guilt, Living Guilt Free, also manipulation, cutting the strings that control. We'll send that out to tonight's caller, and we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. We thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.